Nothing funny happened in games this week. <laughs> do you think do you think now is the time to launch an NFT or is it too late? Russ, I'm so glad that we are finally having this conversation with you and by conversation I mean intervention. Cuz they People took love- they took the monkeys already. The monkeys we can't use anymore. Yeah, the like weirdly, I guess Nazi monkeys. <laughs> I'm, I'm listen, folks. I'm not on Twitter. I have to follow this shit through like third third hand semaphore <laughs> at this point. Um, but I do want to say, people love your characters, Russ. Yeah, you're. I've you've been described as the Jim Henson of gaming podcasts. Um, but I'm not sure that the New York Giraffe series of NFTs. And the far more problematic Milton Bradley series of <laughs> NFTs you've got in the hopper are going to set the market on fire. Except it will set our audience on fire in the sense that they will try to set us on on fire. Because they'll cancel because the show. How, because of how unhappy. Well, no, 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 no. Don't Besties has staying power, Russ. You 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 will be removed from the show oh, if understood. you do launch oh, this yeah, line yeah, of yeah, NFTs. Yeah, yeah. It's do more about the brand. Twisted. The best right. season is bigger than all of us. It does right. seem, though, that it would be good if I, you know, at this point, we've built such a um, an array of possible guests on the show that if I could scam people out of a bunch of money, now is the time to do it rather than later. Mm, sure, sure. What if, what, whoa, 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 whoa. what if, what if, what if, what if, what if we... We call them NFTs for the SEO, right? Because people are searching for those hot NFTs. Yeah. But then they get there and they find out they're buying a normal fresh dick take. And they just own the rights oh, to your bad man. opinions. Oh, that's good. Like what? Except What's it, a bad opinion I've had? Like when you did the Milton Bradley character and almost got us canceled. That wasn't me. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> that was him. Don't judge me. That was him, dude. That dude sucks shit. Yeah, he's terrible. I, I wouldn't... I wish we didn't have to keep letting him on the show. <laughs> Big mistake. It's been a minute. I actually apologize for summoning the specter of Milton Bradley. I feel like by by mentioning him in this intro, I have moved us like 20 episodes closer to a world where he, he makes a research. He, we can't. He can't. He won't in 2022. He won't make it. He won't do it in 2022, I don't think. There's no telling. My name is Justin McCoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McCoy, I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best zombies of the week. It's uh, in your head. No, we can't anymore. They keep yelling at people. <laughs> My Are you name is Russ Frutching, and I know the best I game of the week. The best game of the week. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know, Are you I, kidding I know everybody on this, on this show very well. I've heard everybody on the show sing a, a, like a weird amount. There is no reality in which any of the four of us singing a song could get us dinged for copyright. Like, no way. Like, Would the no algorithms way. be like, mm, is that cranberries? Is that <laughs> it sounded a lot more like Creed. <laughs> oh, yeah, Creed. Yeah. They could yeah. Na- knock um, us for being This is the besties. It's a uh, video game club. And just by listening, my friend, mm-hmm. you have joined. Welcome to the club. We've preserved a seat for you right next to the Fruit Punch where we know you like it. Uh, we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment here, and today we're talking about a long in the making, I would say, oft delayed, finally released game from Techland called Dying Light 
too. Chris Plant, what's Dying Light 2? <sighs> so easy to describe. It's an open-world parkour zombie game with crafting skills, RPG mechanics, dialogue choice trees, and multiple open worlds. It also has some Breath of the Wild in here, and it has some of, like, I don't know, every game ever. Every game okay. ever. They just put it all in one thing. They added a pretty bad story to it, which we'll get to, and I'm, I'm pretty smitten with this one. I'm excited to talk about it. When we will. That is what we do. That is our, our MO as soon as we come back from this brief commercial message. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because you've got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com besties that's mintmobile.com besties Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Dying Light 2. I want to, I want to, and Plant, you can probably help me speak to this a little bit. Yes. The, there, I don't want to spoil like narrative stuff in Dying Light 2, but the structure of it, and I would say maybe the scope of it was a surprise for me. And I do, I do think we need to talk about that. But if like you want to go in completely blind, um, I, I don't I think you need that. to worry about that, honestly. Okay, because okay. I, I, I think, I think we should let's, let's knock like the that. story out of the way as early as possible, very quickly, because please, it's not good. <laughs> it's bad. Well, it, it's actually easy to, to knock out. There is uh, a group of cops who are like pretty clearly meant to be fascist, and there's a group of like rebels who uh, live in a bazaar, and you know they're fighting against the man. But uh, this game was made in Eastern Europe uh, and comes with all the complexities of that, which could be interesting if the writing were just a little bit better. Um, but instead, it's a lot of like, just a li- just a you know, li- just a little bit better. Scooch, a scooch, um, a pinch better. Yeah, but instead, it's a lot of like both sides making choices that don't really make any sense. Um, so the story, not great. There's a lot of it. You can skip. It every once in a while it does. I'll I'll be real with you. Every once in a while, a side quest kind of kind of clicked with me. But it has the, that weird, uneven feel of like different teams writing different, yeah, stories. And like every once in a while, you hit one like, oh, that's pretty good. Good job, guys. Yeah. And then, you know, and the, the structure thing that Justin's talking about, and this is kind of a spoiler, but I mean, you could you see it if you've seen any trailer for the game. The game starts in one city, which is a like small village, but with like I don't know, it's like a French village where like two uh, story the, buildings, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mostly two story buildings that you parkour over, and then about I don't know, probably twelve hours in, you get to go to a like straight up city, like with skyscrapers, and it 
really changes the dynamic of the game um, up to that point. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's yeah. funny. You didn't mention the uh, evil medical doctor and your missing sister, <sighs> which are uh, crucial. So, uh, Crush, are, are you ready Huge. for a spoiler on that? Sure. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone. We're going to spoil this because I swear it's not going to make the game any worse. The evil medical doctor, it turns out, is superhuman yep. and has the ability to fight like, uh, I don't know, like the character in Prototype game. That sure. I, maybe well, some yeah, people remember. Sword That's arm, a really... Sure. No, not uh, quite this, like that. But in, this world, in this world that is so heavily saturated with superhero media, I do love that you did touch upon the, the <laughs> yeah, cultural you, I mean, touchstone. Beloved. <laughs> yeah there it's was a, good, a sequel it's a good parallel though prototype 2 um and and it turns out right after you see that you're like well that's weird and then you find out you also have that power you which are. i'm a fan of i i you know if I, I i get jealous easy in these video games so if yeah. i see somebody I, out here doing it's cool like, stuff it's sort of like when you're kyle katarn <laughs> and you see doofuses running around with lightsabers and you're like oh the lightsaber what's yeah. up guys <gasps> Can I share? Uh, which the- I think I, on an early joystick podcast, I compared to being somebody in a, it, creating a game called Help Me Spider Man, where you're like trapped <laughs> underneath the car and you just had to wait for Spider Man to come rescue you. I do want to um, share the absolute yeah, best. Yeah, I played Shadows of the Empire back in the day. I do want to share the absolute <laughs> best feature of Dying Light 2. Um, uh-huh. After an hour of suffering through the horrible medical doctor stealing sister storyline and every NPC being miserable, I started. Literally skipping any time anyone ever spoke ever. Uh, you can cool do that. Feature. You can just hit B and it skips ahead immediately. There's no delay. There's no light. You'll even like you can stop and it'll just skip the, to the next line. It's not like skipping the entire cutscene if you wanted to like get through it quickly. And man, does that help? Because once you get to the good. gameplay, it's super the game, good. The game's super fun. It is. The gameplay is fun. super fun. We've talked about the day. I think. Okay, so that's the negatives with the story. It's not a great story. Um, now we can talk. About I will say stuff. also, very quick, can we have like 15 seconds? Uh, Dying Light One experience because I played for a few hours but kind of bounced off. Yeah, like it felt a little rigid. To me. So I want to say that we talked about it on Besties, and I remember this conversation because the thing with Dying Light One is it's very similar, and both of them have a very slow, gradual incline into becoming an amazing, amazing game. But it takes a while. In Dying Light 1, you could get, like, the grappling hook, but it took, like, 20 hours to get it. No, and once you got it, the game became, mm, like, unbelievably I'm gonna, fun. But it took I'm going to modify that. It took it took forever for Dying Light 1 to get good because they updated it for six years. And you had to play it around the four-year mark. Yeah, there was, uh, a sweet, there was a real sweet spot. I only recently got on board with it when it came in on Switch, which is an, an incredible port. Uh, but I just got... I, I honestly, and I had this problem with Dying Light 2. This is not my type of game really anymore, but I, it's the parkour is super fun. The zombie smashing is very fun. But after a few hours for me, I, I felt like I had smashed all of the zombies one or two. I needed. Of two. And okay. one. Okay. Um, I'm ready for Justin on this one. This feels like such a Justin. It's in a me huge game. Justin game. Yeah. It's very yeah. much in my. The. the um, okay. The. Uh, Hmm. Were, were <laughs> guns a thing in the first one? Yes. More? Okay, I thought so. So they basically create like a story thing early on where they're like, yeah, they took all the guns. I don't know. People have been warning us for years that it happened and they finally did it. They took all the guns. <laughs> and uh, so it's very much a melee focused game. Once you're real deep in, 
Rosario Dawson shows up to give you a bow and arrow. <laughs> it's like pretty wild <laughs> that that happens. And that's a the the late that's like the late title card of narrative. If Rosario Dawson is there like fourteen hours into your game, yeah. Well, um, the weird thing is her character from Dogma. Yeah. So the, the what's wild about the okay, I love the parkour stuff uh, because it really feels like that iteration of power in a way that every single upgrade you get feels like oh this is a this is really going to change the way i get around the world yeah there's no fast travel in this first chunk um it is literally just like you're getting faster at getting from a to b because your skills are improving you get like for example a fast recovery from a long fall you get the ability to fall longer you get the ability to double jump to wall run you leap over yeah wall run um uh, bouncing off, jumping off enemies, stuff like that. And then the combat, which is all very melee focused with, with with the exception of like a sort of like, I would say ancillary ability to shoot a bow and arrow or throw a, a knife. Um, it's like, uh, you know, you unlock windmill attacks, you unlock uh, the ability to like block and parry. And it's like a wrestling, grapple. first person yeah. wrestling game in a lot of ways. Right, um, which the my knife. biggest problem with the combat stuff is that it's all very, um, it's very timing based. Uh, like you, if you're going to block and you want to get like uh, the ability to counter, uh, to give me an example, if you block an attack right at the right moment, then it'll sort of stagger the enemy. And when an enemy is staggered, you get the ability to jump off of them and do like a devastating kick to somebody. That devastating kick will also, ca- will also um, stun. stun that person. So you can kind of chain your <laughs> jump leaps kicks. and kick. Yeah, yeah, your, your jump best, kicks. I will say this. I, I did get bored of the combat after a while. Best jump kicks in the business, folks. They're so not, right. si- not since Bulletstorm, I would say, have jump kicks been this. Your jump kicks have an area of a... They Your jump kicks do splash damage. <laughs> you can jump into a crowd of like five dudes and jump kick them, and they will all go flying 15 feet. It is really nice. Um the which is great when you're fighting like renegades or the cops or whatever um i didn't love when you're taking on like zombies a lot of that timing stuff kind of goes out the window because they're very erratic yeah. um in the way they they respond like parrying is possible i've done it but it's like it's not like you see them rear back and then do it it's like you are kind of guessing when they're actually the moment is to actually block um but there's also other mechanics of like upgrading your weapons with certain like you can upgrade the tips of your weapons and the the shafts to give like fire or shock or poison or whatever, um, which is kind of more satisfying than just like trying to figure out the block and parry. It's just like, OK, I'll light all of you on fire. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, that'll work just fine. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the parkour specifically, because obviously that is the one like really standout you know no other open world games are really doing this except for dying light one and two and having played dying light one i did have some weird like residual issues going to dying light two because there are things that i know for sure are in the game but it will take me many hours to unlock them a basic example being being able to run and uh, sprint and then slot it go into a slide is like, I know that's in the game. And the fact that I can't do it right at the beginning is right. it makes it feel yeah. like weirdly stilted because like almost every game, the fucking Fortnite has a run and slide at this point. Almost every yeah. game 
has these like default expected mechanics. And it does feel a little withholding at the beginning of this, especially for people who have played the first one to like right. just start from more or less scratch in this is kind of a drag. Yeah, I could run into a badass slide. Yeah. And I'm not like a strong, you know. Maybe on like a bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like a bowling alley or a dance floor. Yeah. Not on like gravel. No. Hey, Uh, I did, I did, I, uh, we're having a lot of fun here, but like, uh I am always thinking about the audience and like what their response to the show is going to be and whether or not they're having a good time. (laughs) And I know that there are so many people right now tweeting at Chris that Rosario Dawson was not in Dogma. And I just want to say, like, we like we know that. Like, we do. That's okay. We, oh, no, we she was in Clerks, to, too. Yeah, you don't need to send that particular. <laughs> uh, you don't need to send it's that. It's really been in your no. head, huh, It's really been in my crawl. <laughs> oh, no. Who's in Dogma? Famke Jansen? I don't know. No, no. Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, she uh, played, anyway. Yeah, God. Uh, wow, I haven't seen a Kevin Smith movie in like two decades. And it so once with you get the Jer- Jersey Girl whips ass, dude. I really like the uh, <laughs> the the way that the powers sort of ramp up with the, with the parkour stuff, and you get more. You like are constantly earning like experience in parkour or in combat, and uh, you're so like just by fighting and doing parkour shit, you're unlocking more of these abilities which is did you very satisfying it makes getting around the open world it's it's a small thing but it makes like running around the open world feel productive because i'm it reminded me of breath of the wild where you have to make those choices like do i want more stamina or do i want more health or i guess melee damage whatever it is you pick between those two and every single time i was like stamina stamina i love the parkour i'm just going to keep picking stamina I, i don't know that seems. I, was that your experience as well, Justin? I mean, Justin and Plant, you guys. No, I kept before. it balanced because there's certain abilities that you can't unlock. So that you're talking about a separate upgrade system where you get these things called inhibitors yeah. that allow you to increase your overall stamina or overall health. There's some abilities you can't unlock until your um, uh, stamina or health are at a certain level. So I, I try to keep those fairly balanced. Um, yeah, I think what makes the combat work for me is it really feels like uh dynamic where a lot of games say that but like you are a lot of times in a situation where you're like okay there's oh i just found a spear on the ground i'm gonna chuck this at this guy and then like oh there's a bottle over here i can use that to stun somebody uh you know i can craft a molotov real quick because there's a big clump of enemies that i need to take out um and there's also there's almost always which is really cool the option of like running away because of your parkour abilities, like if you get in over your head in the open world, it's usually pretty easy to bounce out, like to uh, to to fly away or whatever. Um, that's later on, but so yeah. it's kind of like a risk reward of like, is it worth staying in this fight? Do I have other options that are available to me? Things that'll make this um, a little bit a little bit easier. Yeah, Frustic, your your um, decision making. There's a separate because there's just so much in this game separate uh progression tree where that does make sense uh where when you capture forts did you ever did you get to any of that uh i did windmills late Mm, no no yeah it's it's these huge complexes that you capture and when you do that you can either assign it to the like people in the bazaar oh yeah and you get perks with that yes and you get perks and the 
the people in the bizarre perks are all like evolutions on your parkour. Yeah, and like they the install zip perks. lines around town yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, or these like little um I don't know inflated bags that help you super jump like Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh. And then if you take Sonic the cop route, it's for it, his jumping prowess. Well, the yeah, you, you hit. Well, also yeah, the, the little jump pads that you hit, and then yeah. it sends you in the air. He does that. Sonic. Anyway, the cop do part. Do you even play Sonic, dude? Do you even play Sonic? The cop part has more of a bubsy man. Well, that's understandable. He's pretty cool. The cop part has booby traps. So, like, giant pendulums of, like, spikes and stuff. And this is the thing that... Okay, this is what I do not like about this game having a story. (laughs) Is you only can take one path. Yeah. So, if you want the cool booby traps, then you don't get to have all the fun parkour things. And I get it. If you're going to make a video game where the story and the mechanics really intertwine and it's really curated and it's like, you know, a limited amount of time that you're going to be playing the game, sure. Whatever. I, I, I get that 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 logic of game design. But if you want me to play a game for 500 hours and you're going to be like, okay, you're going to play for 500 hours and you can't get half of the fun stuff. <laughs> no, that's, that's not going to work for me. I want to yeah. get all the fun stuff. The two big problems that I have with this game, other than like the sort of the narrative stuff that we've talked about, um, it is cool. The rate the rate at which you get new junk is wild. Like you are constantly like getting because your weapons are breaking, and as far as I can tell, there's not a way to fix them, um, which kind of replaces the idea that you need to like hold on to stuff that's really powerful because you'll just get a new weapon pretty quickly soon after. You can specialize in. Uh, one-handed, two-handed, ranged, or medic, like healing stuff. Um, so you can specialize in one of those. So I just like throw away anything that's two-handed because I just do one-handed yeah. stuff. All my gear is, is spec towards that. Um, the rate at which you get that is great. Um, I, I love I love that. But you also need to scavenge for crafting materials. And you have the classic like, you know, press the left stick in, everything's highlighted. But it like – it routinely takes a couple of minutes to go from like locker to locker yeah. to get the, there's some trash in here. I need, I need this. I need these cig. I can just imagine that like the world hangs in the balance and this dude's like, Oh, nice cigarettes. <laughs> I think every <laughs> game, it's nice. I'm going to sell these for sure. <laughs> I think every game needs the Luigi's mansion feature in it. Oh, even if it's not it appropriate, up, like yes. if you just had a, a, an upgrade where you hold X and suck in everything within a five meter meter radius, like that'd be amazing. It's cool it, the number of times, even I'm not as nearly as far in the game as, as Justin and Chris are, but the number of times that I have shoved my meaty paw into a beehive <laughs> to get the sweet honey from inside, like I'm the you fucking post-apocalyptic poo bear, yeah, uh, is, is it never stops being funny to me, where it's like, oh no, your sister, then the suppressors and the cops are taking fascist over, oh, but a smackerel, just a smackerel, please. Um, the other, the other complaint, and I would actually really like, you're into the city part, right? Plant? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The experience, the, the city is very interesting because as soon as you get to the city, they give you a, a paraglider and it, and a lot of times you can use, um, there's like vents all over that you can use to basically like take off from the ground to get immediate height. And, um, the, there are vents throughout that you can like catch and, and rise up and cover a lot of distance really quickly. Um, which I think is essential, right? Because it's a huge environment. They do introduce fast travel. I can't 
express to you how late this is in the game, not in terms of like how close you are to the end, but how far you are from the beginning. Like it's re- <laughs> it's really late in the game where you're like, oh, okay, so this is a huge open world with like city blocks and fast travel and paragliders and all this stuff. I I found getting around the world once that stuff was unlocked counterintuitively. I found it less enjoyable. Yeah. Than I did when it was early on mm. because early on, it's like it's a parkour specific, game. Yeah, it's a parkour game, and it's specifically designed to like have fun routes, right? That get you from A to B. That like, like game designed routes, basically. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly where you're like, oh, you wanted me to do this and this and this, not in a controlling way, but in a way where you're like, you're trying to find the. Lines. Yeah, there was there was a um, moment early on where I had like no upgrades whatsoever. And I saw like a military cache on top of a building way off in the distance. And I chased it down and then had to do this like insane, like two swings, like Tarzan style across a giant, like two towers that were like 10 feet, uh, 10 stories tall and getting to the top felt like a true, like I thought this through accomplishment that didn't feel, it didn't feel like in some Tomb Raider games where they have those like very obvious, like, Oh, this is a, game designed right. dungeon this felt a lot more natural and like existing in the world and i have heard that about the second area is that it loses a lot of that it's cool some of it's cool like but there's a lot of times where you you like can catch the right draft and just sort of like float onto where you're trying to get to yeah. and feel like oh well you didn't okay so i didn't need to do any of that or Alternately, you're trying to get up and you can't find there's not like a yeah. thing and they just expected you to like you know what it's like is uh in crackdown when you get so fast that you just don't need to use vehicles anymore. And it's like yeah. oh okay. I mean instantly in Saints Row Four where you're like, I have superpower. Like, why do we need this motorcycle? Yeah, why would I do any of this? Um, um Hey, can we uh round of applause for this game though, to what Fresh Dick was saying? It's a first-person game, and the platforming is great. It is really good, and that is extremely hard. Feels good. Yeah. Um, None of this would work if it didn't feel very, very nice. You can usually make the jumps that it feels like you should be able to make and often make jumps that it feels like you shouldn't be able to make, which is very nice. Um, I also think it has a very clever power curve in, like, making – uh, zombie encounters feel like incredibly dangerous early on, um, but then once you are able to, you know, find a few good melee weapons or craft them, it the scarcity sort of uh, economy that they build up around that makes the first person combat also feel more meaningful in a way that like a Skyrim never could. I I never play melee classes in a in a Bethesda game, just because I don't think that first-person melee combat feels very good, but because of how sort of, I don't know, how much you rely on your weapons in this game, I, I feel like there is it's also tension that... Yeah, it's also it's meatier all, than you would see in Skyrim. Where oh, like, it's wicked gooshy, wicked gooshy yeah. for sure. Skyrim, you like hit someone with a sword and they barely react until they run out of hit points, and here you hit a zombie and they go like flying and parts they go lose flying. a limb or something. Yeah. I also got to say play this one with headphones folks because the voice acting is a roller coaster ride the <laughs> likes of which you will never forget for the rest of your life. It is a treatsa pizza. Yum yum. <laughs> You're going to love it. I guarantee it. The, I, have a, I have a question for the audience. We we have a number of people who listen you to know this they show. They can't hear you. What? You know they can't hear you. Right? No, no they can right now. It, hello. Um oh hey. <laughs> no, that's too nice. You don't have to say that. Um, anyway, I have a question for you who don't play a lot of video games. 
what does this episode sound like? Because we've talked about so many things in this game. Does it sound like a, we're in a fugue state? Does any? I know of this what you're saying. Sense? It's like very. It's very. There's a lot. There's a lot. Right. There's a lot. You could actually paint this game as a masterpiece or kind of a flop, <laughs> depending on like what you wanted to. Uh, I will say this: it's really working for me. Like yeah. it's it's. I love being in the world. I love when I do find like there are specific parkour type challenges in the second area that are really good. Um, they have like windmills, like Russ is alluding to, that provide like a respite from the zombies at night because they have UV lights, which the zombies are, I don't know, fucking allergic to or something. So you, you do have that. Uh, and what I love about those is they are like parkour climbing challenges, but every single one has one gag and it's different. Yeah. And you have to figure out that one gag and then you're done, right? It's not like 10 minutes of, climbing around and edging around and whatever. It's like figure out this one little gimmick we came up with and then move on with your life. Um, so the pace is really is really good in that sense. It keeps you. Yeah, keeps we didn't even talk about how like nighttime is kind of roguelite-ish in this in this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's Yeah, there, there, there's so much. I, I mean, I, I have a feeling we'll talk about this game later in the year. So we, we can probably save some of that and let people play more of the game. Um, because yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's the length of Anna Karenina, so <laughs> it's very long. I don't know when I'm gonna have time to play more of this game. There's yeah. so many Justin games coming I, out in February. Yeah, Justin and I will 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 take this one. Yeah, you. okay. You, Let you, us you know guys how kick it there while me and Russ are having fun with fucking Elden Ring, and you guys are like, yeah, I found that this bat has a big spike in it. <laughs> 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 this feels incomplete, but it's like. I, what can you do? You should man? play this game. Like, think, play yeah. this game. It's it's really I, good. Yeah. Like, I think oh, you're really oh, gonna oh, like oh, it. Oh, it, uh, maybe wait a little bit because it is. It was, oh, but it was a bit buggy uh, before it came out, and now that it's out, it's a bit buggy. So I would, I would, I would hold off. I've not. I don't know anything. what your guys' situation has been, but mine has like been like full on. Every once in a while, randomly, my computer's like, I don't want to play this. <laughs> Wow. Hey, go outside. Go read a book, my friend. I'd rather die than play this anymore. I'm gonna like <laughs> literally reboot my power. I'm going to like the hardest possible crash out of nowhere. I've I the only bugs I've had in this game are great. They're like ones where I like hit his zombie with a baseball bat, and then he flies like 500 feet and gets caught on a light pole. That's fun. That's yeah, a it's. Good one. It, I, I, I'm in favor. It's a big uh, Assassin's Creed energy going on. Yeah, it does occur to me. I will say, just as a closing thought. Very, very few open world games in recent years have like clicked with me just in terms of the minute to minute gameplay. And this definitely yeah. does. Like, this blows Assassin's Creed Valhalla out of the water. Like, all those like kind of rote, familiar open world games, this it's makes the fun. minute to minute yeah. like way, way more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is also, there are some cute missions. There's one where you have a guy has like a version of Tinder, yeah, a post apocalyptic Tinder yeah. where to get signed up with it. You have to go like find these fake Tinder profiles that people have been making and destroy them so you can get your real profile going. I feel bad. Um, I haven't gone back to see if I have any matches yet. But. I feel bad because they wrote so many words and I'm just going to not hear any of them because so many of them are just not worth hearing that I'm just going to skip yeah. them all. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. You know, it's your life. It is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's my Time life. is precious. And speaking yeah. of precious time, Justin, do you have- I think if you don't want to listen, I think- 
here's my feeling. If you don't want to listen to something, you should just skip past it. There you go. Anyway, it's time for our ads, <laughs> and we will be right back after oh. this. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockamoney.com slash besties on the doc freshick wrote games that justified a slow build-up question mark and i would say that's everything i've been playing for well, do tell i mean Speak on that I, I i i think i think this is uh dying light has a very slow build-up i think pokemon every pokemon ever but especially this most recent one very slow build up, right? Man, people are really fucking into Pokemon Legends Arceus in a yeah, way that I was not good. expecting. That's why. Because it's very good. Still. I, yeah, I guess I know, I, you're right, Plant. Like, that's the default. And I think a lot of people want to get a lot of value out of their investment, whether it's, you know, they spend $60 or $70 on a new game. I don't know. 
I think there are also a lot of people that have limited time and don't want to do that. And I guess the question is, what are the games that even for people that have limited time, they should still stick it out? You know, the game that jumped to my mind, even though it didn't really click with me, was Near Automata, which has a pretty damn slow buildup. But I know a lot of About people 60 hours, yeah. connect to it. But <laughs> I was wondering if there were others that do that. Hmm. No, well, I, I think that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it depends on what you mean by slow buildup. I think all of these games, you know, like it, an hour, is that a slow buildup? Because the Dying Light 2 and Pokemon both, I would say, are about an hour, hour and a half before you get into like the game. Yeah, but... Dying Light but, 2 is even longer before you get into like the fun stuff. Right, Pokemon, that's you, more what I was talking yeah. about. Like the 12-hour okay, territory okay, okay, when okay. you like unlock a major traversal item. That seems like a yeah, long time. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. That's different than what I had in mind, which is like, I just, I, I feel like before we talk about the, you know, 12 hour thing, let's talk about the one hour problem of this Pokemon and Dying Light. I, it feels like I am doing a favor for the game makers in the story they want to tell, where it's like, mm. before you get to play the game that, that we advertise to you, that you are excited about, we are going to force you to sit down and eat these vegetables. Yeah. Um. Uh, and, and we won't let you enjoy the game if if you don't if you don't agree to this. And it's like, why? Like, wasn't me paying you money like enough? Can you just let me go play the game, please? Like, I'm, I I love Pokemon. You don't need to tell me all this. But you look at games. Uh, look, a series that we've kind of mocked over the years. But think about the original God of War games. All three of them mm-hmm. start. The first level of all three of those games may be the like most action-packed, thrilling, like mini recreation of the entire game loop within that beginning. You know, even Halo Combat Evolved starts very quickly. And it, yeah. it feels like a bit of a failing for a developer if they can't encapsulate what makes their game stellar in that first hour or two. Yeah, like to use that as like just backstory and like slow following someone through a forest seems like a giant waste. Especially when that game is not exactly reinventing any wheels or genres or anything in that opening hour. Yeah, it's like I Dying Light 2. I have played you and other uh, amalgamations about a billion times now. Like I do not need I do not need to crawl through this part. Like I I definitely definitely get it already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to go fresh, what what you're saying though is kind of a trap too, because I feel like I've seen a number of games do that. The big like cinematic opening, you know, gaudy action sequence, but that's not what the game is. Yeah, I don't. So so like there, sure. there's a handful of open world games where they're like, okay, it's open world, but for the first hour, pure limited action yeah like, no i don't want that either I just, i'm not I exclusively just saying action i yeah. think last of us 2 even though obviously we've talked about it a lot had some flaws yeah, yeah, yeah. but i think the first hour of last of us 2 is spectacular in so far as like it's narrative it has some action to it it like it draws you in without feeling as you said like a chore and um I'm not saying it's easy. This is actually a very hard thing to pull off because... Of course. Again, not only that, I think people, like, while they're making a game, rightfully, fall in love with the characters and the world and they want to make sure everyone is, like, right on board with them and understanding everything that's going on. And I think there are smarter ways to introduce people to a world than just, like, info dump 
right yes. in front of you. Here, here's what I, opening of video games feel like to me uh, a lot these days. And I have no idea if this is true. So I'm talking out of my tushy. It feels like the entire game is made. That the people who made it know everything about this game. They know all the story, everything. And then, uh, kind of like how I talk sometimes, they over-explain the context. <laughs> and they like, they, they, they're like, okay, we want to make sure everybody's prepared for all of this information. So we're going to spend you an, give you an hour of making sure that you're fully prepped to enjoy this game. And they create it last. And as a result, it's like, okay, it was made by people who knew everything about the game, and now it's being handed right. to people who know nothing about the game. Which is the hugest problem when you come to, like, character development. It's like, this this pilgrim dude has a gruff voice, and his name is, I shit you not, Aiden. Also, he's a... <laughs> he's an actually good protagonist, huh? No oh, shame cool. to Aiden's. But this dude's a pilgrim, right? Which means that in the world of, uh, of Dying Light, he's like an outsider who doesn't live in any one community. He's just sort of roaming around. And some people don't like pilgrims and some people do. And it's kind of whatever, but like, why do you keep telling people your name is Aiden? <laughs> like, why do you, why do you want to, why do you want to put yourself on wedgie alert all the time? Just to be like, Oh me fang. That's me. <laughs> they call, they call me the dark blade. Like whatever. Just like not Aiden. And when you say Aiden, like me, you I'm Cornelius Jasper the fourth. I'm a pilgrim and I got a UV watch. You wouldn't go by Justin McElroy is what you're telling me. Fuck no. No way. No. Fuck no. One, don't want to get doxxed. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Zombies will get you every fucking time. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Do we have some yeah. weird mail? Aiden. I, I think or we Aiden. do. We kind of gave up on, on that. I I, 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 I know. What you I wonder if I can it. get like a giant bomb wiki entry on Aiden game protagonist. Aiden Pierce rings a bell in some uh, game. Aiden was the name of the ghost in Beyond I Two Souls. It feels like the default name for like, Watch you know, dogs, he, he, I think. he's white. You get it. He's a white guy. <laughs> uh, white, yeah, Aiden we, Pierce was Watch Dogs. Yeah. yeah. Before we go to reader mail, I, the answer to your question is Breath of the Wild, right? That if you're going to do a slow build up, do a miniature version of the There's thing no that slow you're build already up in Breath doing. of the Wild. It starts. No, 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 no. Yeah. There is, what I'm saying is they need to teach you how the open world works. They need to teach you all these things, right? So they give you a smaller open world to learn everything in. Sure. So even though it actually is a slow buildup, you you cannot go do the rest of the game. They're giving you a version of the thing that you came there for, right? And I think like that's what I, I would like to see for more games is, hey, you don't need to give like let me loose on the entire open world, but give me a version of the thing that I came here for. I came yeah, here that for can be hit or miss games. though. Like I think Witcher 3 does that and and is still too slow in that opening area. Way too slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, reader mail. Here we go. Yes. This one is from uh, Brannigan's Law. If y'all were in a real zombie apocalypse, who would be the most prepared and who would trip and be left behind as zombie food during a chase? I am I am bracing myself right here. Bracing myself. Go no, ahead. I, I, you would not, Freshick would not be the one to trip because Freshick would immediately push me over. Immediately. Oh, that's not true. That's no, not he true. would. Russ would not do that to a he, friend. He would. I would say, it. I would say New York City probably not the place to be. Just by geography, yeah. probably mm. not the place to be in a zombocalypse, right? So for that reason, Russ is probably to toast. I would say if that is what we're basing it on, I think Juice has the best chance of like getting out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Wow. 
Oh yeah, rural. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, we we are under our second water boil notice here. Actually, it just ended here in Austin in in a year. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're we're fucking stoked about it. Um, and so I did like right when it hit, I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna go get some water. So I went to um, the local gas station. I bought like a pallet of water bottles and brought it back home. And then when I did get home, I cracked them open. I realized, <laughs> folks, this was no normal water. This was music water. And what's special about what? music water is it has it, it is enhanced with electrolytes, quote, for flavor. Um, so I basically was like, oh, man, I have to keep my family safe. So I'm going to go buy some vaguely salty bottled water <laughs> for them. It's not water, guys. It's music water. It's even better than the dirty you water. You basically bought your family a bunch of Pedialyte. Like, it's, it's, it, Pedialyte, I think, would ain't got nothing on music water. So it, basically, all that is to say, it would not be me. I would, I would die. Um, I think it's really generous to think that Russ would make it to the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Russ would be like the very first, like, okay, the scientist is leaving the fact, the facility, right? He's got <laughs> zombieitis. He starts turning and loses control of his car. He plows into a uh, like porta potty that was like on the road, and who's in there with diarrhea? It's Russ Rushdick. He's killed instantly. Like that's that's how Russ. Well, goes that, the out. truth of the matter is, I had out. already died from the diarrhea in the porta potty before he hit me. <laughs> oh boy, though I would love to see post apocalyptic Russ, or as he would be called then, like Laser Blade. I would imagine. Uh, I I imagine there would be a katana involved. <laughs> okay, one more question from from the number one potato fan. The age-old question. Which one is scarier, slow zombie or fast zombie? Mm, so, uh, you know what? I'm going to adjust this question real quick. If we're making it just a single zombie, nothing scary about this. Slow zombie doesn't even have a chance here. So let's make it plural zombie hordes. I, I mean, mean hey, no, you don't, that's unnecessary. No, why? One fast zombie would kill me. One fast zombie would probably kill me. Mm. He's fast and he has no control over like his own his own body. There's yeah. no he has no sort you know what I mean? Like he's he is a perfect predator. Yeah. He is he is optimized his gains and but, he is gonna tear my ass apart. But we're not talking deadliness, we're talking scary. So if you were like tied to a chair and you were in with a fast zombie or a slow zombie. Well, now you've really favored slow okay, zombie. You, yeah. So yeah. Here's, here's the mm. scene. Here's the scene. I'm in a train station. Okay. And 50 feet away from me is uh -huh. a vending machine. And what's that inside the vending machine? A single Butterfinger bar that's been passed over by all the scavengers. Mm. Okay. But but then you know 20 feet past that is Bart a Simpson. huge horde. Okay, Bart Simpson is one of them, but a huge horde of slow zombies. I'm going to run the math on that, guys. I think I could get to that vending machine, get that Butterfinger out, and get home before those slow zombies could even touch me. That, you know what that's, I mean? That's, that's an oh inconvenience. That is what happens every time somebody gets eaten by the slow zombies. Is they see the they, Butterfinger, and they're like, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, just be saving that Butterfinger, time. and they just like get all over you. Yeah. Because you, know, you know why. Them. You why, why? you put your hand into the into the butterfinger dispenser and you oh, know what you know what grabs you? A zombie hand. Did we just write a Super Bowl commercial for Butterfinger? <laughs> Nobody lays a finger on my brains. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's scary too. Thank yeah. you. I guess it is slow zombies. 
Well, I guess we answered that question, kind of. Uh, hey, let's do honorable mentions. Can I go first? Yeah, please. This one just dropped yesterday. It's hot off the presses. Any of y'all played Ollie Ollie World yet? Not oh, yet. I no. really want to. Oh, baby. I fucking love Ollie Ollie. I, I have for, I, I guess, since the first one came out, there's... Have they made any others other than one? They made two. two. Right, right. Two two was my absolute jam. I think I reviewed both of them. Uh, Ollie Ollie is a downhill skating game. Uh, skateboarding. Not in line. But I don't know. Maybe it's a DLC. Uh, and it is all about sort of chaining tricks and grinds together. It has the sort of... Um, uh, if you're familiar with the skate series where all the tricks are sort of executed with various flicks of the analog stick uh the same thing is happening here but it is a 2d downhill jam essentially uh so you are uh you know going off of uh rails and trying to chain jumps together but the the courses are essentially like obstacle courses where you are also having to not fucking hit your head on a big inflatable duck or something uh the vibe of this game is so on point uh, you live in a world created by five skate gods, uh, and they have a representative on Earth called a skate wizard, and there's a new opening for a skate wizard, so you are trying to impress the skate gods enough to become the new skate wizard uh, yes. so that you can one day uh, ascend to Nirvana. Uh, that's mm-hmm. with a G. Uh, it, that's all dope. The soundtrack is so good. Uh, got a lot of like uh, synthy, like future based shit, which is absolutely my jam. And is also like the best imaginable music to you know replay a, a, a course a thousand times, trying to like string together that perfect combo. So Griffin, I remember really liking Ali Ali, but also finding it like probably too difficult. To, is oh, that- it gets it. It, so it depends on like each each uh, course has like lots of different sort of targets, right? So there is there's like three uh, point goals, there's three score goals that you can shoot for. But then there's also in in sort of like you know pro skater style, there are side objectives like chain together four uh, grinds or you know collect these five starfish or yeah. whatever. Those can get pretty tough pretty quick. Uh, basically about every, I'm about, I, I'm not that far into the game and I've already hit a few of those that took me, you know, not super long, 10 or 15 minutes of just like playing the same course over and over again. But the joy of Ali Ali is that like, it's fun every time. Yeah. Like it is, I was up accidentally until about like 1 a.m. last night because I lost track of time, like just trying to accomplish all the objectives. Um, it is, it's, it's, it is phenomenal. Are you, you playing enjoyed it on Switch other, or... I'm playing it on Switch. One my one thing on Switch, and it's like it is uh, a constant kind of annoyance, is that load times between levels are like maybe one or two seconds too long, which sounds petty, but like if you knock out a course in one go, uh, you know, it's it is it is just enough of a of a lag to I don't know, break break the vibe just a little bit. Yeah. It's not like it's not terrible. It's just like kind of annoying. But if you if you, you know, fuck up and have to restart, of course it's instant. So yeah. that's I suppose that's all that really matters because you are going to be restarting a whole lot. Um but yeah, I'm 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 really having a good time with it and I would recommend it to to um folks with uh, a bit of patience and folks who like, you know, enjoy sick ass stunts and dope music. 
I'm still playing Vampire Survivors, and it's is that uh, on Steam? Is that on PC only? As far as I know, it would be good on Switch, maybe, but it's pretty small. I'm planning um, on when so. when the Steam Deck arrives. That is one of oh, the first yeah. games I will play on it. Why don't you guys just um, play it? Because I want to. Is another option. I've got just other like stuff it. to do. Yeah, I'm busy, man. No, There's a lot of no, games no, no. Right this now. is great. Yeah, but this is great. Is it? Um, is there multiplayer? No, you don't need that. Um, I also wanted to. This is a, a new one for me, but I wanted to recommend a podcast that I just finished today. It was called uh, Finding Drago, um, and it's from Australia. From the Aust- Australia, it's from the ABC, which I think is the Australian Broadcasting Company. Uh, they've done two seasons now: Finding Drago and Finding um, Nemo. Desperado uh, is the second one. I've not listened to that yet, but Finding Drago is like six episodes. Each one's like thirty minutes long, uh, and it is the story of these Australian journalists and comedians that find a book that is called uh, Drago on Mountains We Stand that is like a unlicensed sequel to Rocky IV about Ivan Drago. Awesome. And the author, Todd Noy, is, according to the Dust Jacket, a Australian Pulitzer Prize winner um, that no one has ever heard of and no one can find and doesn't seem to exist in the world. And it's about these two guys trying to find uh, who is the author, Todd Noy, um, and it is uh, really, really funny because they're kind of there's like a, an entire episode where a guy, one of the two guys uh, goes to the library and he's too uncomfortable about recording it. So he uh, creates a, a makeshift wire um, <laughs> to uh, tape to his chest and then is chastised by his bosses when he returns and finds out that that is uh, against their policies and <laughs> he's in big trouble and they can't use any of the audio and he doesn't know what it's a really funny but it gets into like some really interesting questions that i can't i don't even want to tip my hand but it's called finding drago it's it's really good it may be called finding desperado now because the, the second season is uh has is, is a different name but uh it's great it's well worth listening to Plan. How about you? No, I don't, I don't have anything I can talk about that's not under embargo, so it's oh, probably big plain. shot. Big Sorry. shot. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing uh, Everyday Shooter by Jessica Mack, and I don't know if I've talked about this game a lot on this show. Uh, thank you for whoever changed it in our document from Everyday Shorter to Everyday Shooter. <laughs> um, uh, it's one of my 10 favorite games of all time. It was originally released on the PlayStation Vita, but you can I play it right now. I was going to say, this is, a, this is an old game, yes. Yeah, it's, it's available on Steam. And every once in a while, I just I see it sitting in my Steam uh, library, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play that game because it is just a perfect little video game. It's a top-down, I don't know, twin-stick shooter, but time to music, and every stage has kind of a pattern that you have to discover that makes it much 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 easier to play and survive and uh yeah that's it the music is just pure jams i i it is it is my chill out video game and it could be your chill out video game too i miss there was a fun era in the mid-aughts that was like dope for games like this i remember i remember playing this game uh quite quite a bit on my old psp and sound shapes is another one that was yeah, in this which also well, also made by sound- Jessica Mack. There you go. That's dope. But yeah, it was Queasy Games. Is that the name of the the dev? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so. she's making a new game right now that if you follow her her um Twitter handle is mango underscore lychee. It looks 
awesome. Like one of my favorite current um developer accounts because every GIF from this game looks just amazing. Oh my god. Do you guys remember every Extend Extra? God almighty, that was you remember oh, Space Giraffe? Yeah. Shit was shit was cool for games for a bit. Two thousand was the two thousands was good for games. That's true. I've got I'm, you know what you know it was good for indie games and it was good for uh, AAA games if you liked the color brown and beige. Uh, I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Tomorrow Jones, it's me Brian Levy, uh, Fireball Twenty One C, your proud dad, and Max Leds or Max Max L Three DS. I'm not sure if that's Sweet Speak or not. Uh, thank you for writing reviews and thanks to everyone who wrote reviews for uh, an Apple podcast or wherever you uh, get your podcast. It's appreciated um, as is y'all sharing the show with your friends and folks. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about us. That's right. It's a self-congratulatory 10th anniversary special where we, if I have this correctly, we'll endeavor to choose the best game of the past Decade? Is that correct? Of the, of the time that we've been covering the show, we're going to choose the bestie of the first decade of besties. So we will be pairing the bestie. Yeah, bestie. it'll be the, the top, our 10 besties will go up against our 10 alternate besties, which we chose in an episode a week or two ago. You should go listen to that beforehand, honestly. It's, it's like, you got to get the backstory. How do you, you do a bracket with 20 games, though? It's, I think that's our problem to figure Four out. Four of them are near our <laughs> <laughs> And the other are Kentucky Run Zero. We, we uh, also do need to mention uh, everything we discussed very quickly. Yeah, I'm going to do that really quick. Here okay. we go. Everything that we've discussed. Dying Light 2. Uh, a bunch of games that were too slow and nobody wanted to play them because they took too long. Everyday Shooter. Ali Ali World, Vampire Survivors, the podcast Finding Drago, which might be called Finding Desperado, which sounds like a real joy. I am downloading it on my Overcast right now. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to join us again next week for the besties, because should the world's best friends make the world's best games? Besties!